Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Let's give the band one more round of applause as they come down off of that stage. Amen. Praise God. Appreciate you guys pulling it off. And, and we have a deep bench. It's amazing. Like uh, when Steph is uh, not leading, Ali steps in and Danny and Jerry and Roxy. Like uh, Kimberly is brand new. She's going to be here with us real soon on the stage. Um, I'm in the shadows. I'm in the shadows, Josh. I can see it. No, wait. No, I'm not. No, I'm, now I feel like I am. All right. All right. All right. Uh, we're making some adjustments today, but uh, it is so good to be with you. I love preaching the word. I'm thankful for the word. It's a burden that I carry to preach the word and do it with excellence and making sure that the Holy Spirit is leading me and making sure that uh, what I say is um, from God and for you. <sighs> I'm emotional today. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just tired. I think that has to do with it. When you get really tired, you get... Um, you know, you, you, you're, everything kind of comes down. But uh, anyways, uh, God is good. He's faithful. So thankful to those of you that have given for uh, Bahamas Relief. Give yourselves a round of applause for Bahamas Relief, man. Uh, my friend Aaron and I got to uh, go and he helped me uh, load a plane full of uh, almost 2,000 pounds of the products. We couldn't even put it all on. They stopped us because we had more. But we, we shipped some stuff over on an airplane chartered by some, some churches in Texas. My brother uh, is a pastor in Texas and the Church of the Nazarene there sponsored this plane and they asked us to facilitate it. What a cool thing. And to go and be a blessing to them and to go and just take a, a, a short tour and see what's going on there. What a blessing uh, just to be a small part of that. Those items that were collected today are headed to Fort Lauderdale to be loaded into a container and all the stuff you brought we're going to send but in addition to that you some of you sponsored uh, waters and you bought whether you paid four bucks for one case of water or you bought an entire pallet uh, we've collected over enough money to, to purchase 10 pallets of water already. Isn't that amazing? Yeah can you give a round of applause to that? An entire container is 19. I think it's even more than that. I think it's closer to like uh, 13 or 14 pallets. And we bought in faith, believing in faith that we're going to get the money because some people have pledged and others have said we're going to. Um, we went ahead and purchased the entire container of water. $2,950 Renew Church bought of water to ship to the Bahamas. Here's why. When I went and I talked to Pastor Wild Goose when I was there at the property this past, I mean on the island this last Friday, yes, two days ago, I said, John, seriously, this water, I mean, it's expensive to ship water. I mean, are you sure you can't get it out of the tap? Are you sure there's not a way that you can make the water happen? He said, Trevor, before the hurricane, this is before hurricane, just normal life Bahamian, in, in the Bahamas, water is $9 a case for water. And we don't have water right now that's coming out of purification systems. There's like two points of purification. It's very hard to get what we have. So even if we had it all back up at normal, it would cost us $9. So if you can get us water, send us water, please. It's going to be a blessing to us. And we said, we're going to send you water. It doesn't matter. We're going to do it in faith. And God has been uh, like providing. And I just want to say thank you to every one of you that have given, whether it, like I said, was a $4 case. And you can do that even today. You can buy online and, and buy that uh, by, by selecting renew. I mean, uh, going to the website or texting to give and selecting hurricane relief and giving for that. But just do your part. Everybody's doing their part and it's making a huge impact. Together we can do more. Amen? Together we can do more. Amen? 
I believe that. That's what the body of Christ is all about. It's everybody doing their part, everybody carrying their weight, and we make a huge, huge impact. Well, we're in week two of a series called Home Improvement. And uh, we've been talking for the last few weeks about construction. No, actually just this week. We've been talking about construction and last week. Renovations and remodeling and new constructions and flip houses and REOs and foreclosures and short sales and home additions. Actually, we haven't been talking about all that, but that's what it is. That's what, uh, that's what home improvement is all about, right? This isn't an infomercial for, for a seminar. I'm not going to sell you on anything, and this isn't Home Depot either. But we're in this series on home improvement, and last week we started the series by talking about what it takes to build a strong home. We talked about and we looked at what the words that Moses gave to the Israelites after God gave them the Ten Commandments. So God gave the, the, the Israelites the Ten Commandments through Moses on those two stone tablets, including number five, command number five, which says, honor your father and mother that you will live long and it will go well with you in the land that you are living. That was the first commandment from God with promise. He said, honor the Lord your God so that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land that you're living. But so then after Moses is given these commands, to give to the Israelites. Then Moses gives the job of the parents, the, the, the parents the job to impress it on their children. And so in the very next chapter, he sits and he begins to talk to them about what you have to do. He says, you have to impress it upon them as they sit down and as they walk on the road and as they lie down and as they get up and as they, uh, it, everything they do, put it on your hands and tie it to your head and put it on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Everything that you do, just impress it, impress it, impress it. In other words, he's saying you have to, you have to start with a strong foundation. That's the key. But then you have to be the model. You have to be the model. And not just that model, not just the standard model. So often we like to settle for the standard. But why settle for the standard when you can get the upgrades? It's better to take the upgrades. And that's what we need to do. We need to be the model for our kids so that when our kids look at our lives, it's not do what we say, it's do what we do. And when our kids look at our lives, they would say, wow, dad, I want to be just like you. Wow, mom, I want to be just like you. I see your faith. I don't just hear your faith. I see your faith and I want to be like you. And that applies whether it's for an aunt or an uncle, a teacher, a neighbor, whatever it is, it's saying, Moses is saying, impress it on your kids. And he's talking about adults to the next generation, regardless of if you have children or not. So we've got to build a strong foundation. We've got to be the model. And, and then we've got to get help. We've got to get help. We've got to have people to, to help us. You know, I'm not really a handyman. Um, I don't have the greatest tools there are. My brothers, I have three older brothers. They're all like seven years older. I'm, I'm the baby for sure. Seven years older, 10 and 11 years older. So I don't know what happened there. But anyways, my, uh, my brothers are always messing with me. They're always teasing me because whenever they, they talk about fixing something around the house or whatever the case may be, and, and, and that comes up, they have to bring up the fact that I have what they call Toys R Us tools. They say that I get my tools from Toys R Us because... I, they're not the best, you know. They're not like the, the the most powerful, the most industrial. Like usually, you know, if I need another screwdriver, I'm just going to go to the store and buy another dollar screwdriver because I can't find the screwdriver when I need it. 
I'm not that handy of a guy. I would rather push a, use a push pin than a nail. And you can see that on the pictures in our house. If it's light enough, we're like, let's just use a push pin. And we use a push pin instead of a nail. How's, like you can't even get a nail out, right? I would rather use duct tape than a wood screw. Believe it or not, though, and I know you're not going to believe this, but I did an entire garage conversion. I was the general contractor on a garage conversion on the house that I lived in before my current house. And I want to show you this. I want to uh, uh, show you the before pictures. This was the garage. You guys went too fast. Go back. I want them to, like, just stamp back and look at that. Go, go back. Go back. Come on. Help me out. There it is. Look at that. That's not me right there, but um, I'm, I'm behind the camera, and that was my garage. And that's us pouring the floor and, and raising the floor. Go to the next one. That's the, the two windows in the wall that has been blocked up. All of that I was a part of. All of that, I, I want you to know, I'm not a handyman, but I'm a handyman. I, I figured things out. Let me show you the after picture. Go ahead and pull that up. That's the after. You couldn't even tell that was a garage there. That's my house. I could prove it. Those are my cars. You know my cars. You see that? That used to be a garage, and I did that. Could you guys give me a round of applause? Come on. I haven't ever got to brag about my handyman abilities. That was my house. Did blueprints, permits, you name it. We made this beautiful master bedroom, and it required building requirements. It had these specific building requirements. Otherwise, you'd get a lien on your house for illegal construction. And I lived on a main road. When my house in Homestead, we lived on this main thoroughfare, so there was no way we could, like, slide that one under, you know, and get it put up in the weekend like you, you see in Miami sometimes because literally I'd have, you know, hundreds of cars passing every day. But I got all of that done. And you know, I, I told you I don't have the best of tools, but you know what my best tool was? My best tool was my iPhone. That was my best tool because I didn't know how to do all of these things. And honestly, I really didn't do much of it. You saw the picture of the men working there. I didn't do the work. I just made the calls and I coordinated. I was the general contractor. I actually got the plans written up. I actually uh, uh, got the, the, the permits, um, you know, applied for the permits. I was my own general contractor, but I didn't really know how to do any of the work. Like, I'm just not that handy, but somehow I made it happen. I, mean, I did paint it. I, I do know how to paint. I mean, not that great, but I do know how to paint. <laughs> when it comes to building your home, you have to have a, a, a good relationship with your kids. And kids, when it comes to building your home, and I'm not talking about the physical home anymore. I'm moving on. I'm transitioning. But you have to have a good uh, relationship with your kids and kids with your parents. That is a building requirement to building a home. You see, the relationship we have with our kids is more than just a title. It's more than just the natural relationship. It's more than just saying, I have a father. It's about having a dad. It's more than having a mother, it's about having a mom. It's more than having a daughter, it's having a, my baby girl. You understand what I'm saying? And it doesn't matter the title that you use because some people don't call them their parents that. They call them papa or poppy or dad or daddy or they call them father in a respectful term but there's still a great love between them. But that's not the point. The point is, is it's more than just the blood connection, it's the relationship. Are you following me? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Some children know they have a father, but there is no relationship, and it has to be more than just that blood relationship. And when it comes to building a stronger home and a healthier family, you have to do three things. You have to do three things well. Here's the building requirements to building a strong home. Number one, you have to love them. 
By show of hands, how many of you love your family? Raise your hand. <laughs> Look to your left and right. If there's somebody not there, um, pray for them really, really hard. Uh, by show of hands, anybody not love your family? You just want to be honest right now? We'll pray for you. <laughs> uh, everybody loves their family, right? But, but we're going to go a little deeper in just a minute. Here's what John, 1 John 4 says. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's what love is. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one, has, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This kind of love is not man-made. This kind of love, the love that, that uh, John is talking about and he's teaching us to understand, is not just a man-made love. It's not a forced love. It's not a required love. This is a love that says, I love you so much that I would lay down my life for you. Jesus set the example when he said, this is how you love. And I have to ask you that question. Not just for your neighbor, not just for your brother and sister. I mean, because the Bible does say in Matthew 22 to love your neighbor as yourself. But do you love your children that much? How do you love your children? It's not man-made. It's not forced. It's not required. And the, uh, the example that Christ gave was that he was willing to die for us. Love ha today has so many definitions, however. And the world has watered it down so much so that the word love applies to everything, doesn't it? Like, it has been made in many cases to feelings. Like, I, I, I love the dolphins, even when they get blown out. I, I love tacos. I love uh, just laying around my house. All of those things are love. But that's not what the love is that John is talking about, nor that Jesus exemplified. Love today is more like what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is the standard for love. And I share it with you today. In verse 4, it says... 1 Corinthians, I don't think you have it on the screen, and I'm sorry. Love is patient, and love is kind. Love is not envious, or boastful, or arrogant, or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. This is all talking about love. Love hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. In some translations, it says love never fails. See, this is how God defines love. And it's my desire that as we talk about what requirements it takes to build your family, to build your home, that your love would grow and grow and grow, that it would never end, that it would never get to this is it. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm at the end of my love. I cannot. You've pushed me too far. I don't love you anymore but that your love will continue to grow as your relationship with that person grows. If they aren't loved, if the people that you're over in your care, the people that you're trying to build a relationship with and build a home with, if they aren't loved, they will be motivated by fear and always seeking approval. If they aren't loved, let me say that again, they will be motivated by fear 
and always seeking after your approval. The second thing you have to have is that you, to have a strong home and a healthier family, you have to know your family. You have to know your kids. John chapter 10, verse 14 says, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. Again, he's saying, I would give it up. Jesus is saying, I love them so much that I give myself up for them. But before that, he says, I know them. I know them, and they know me. They know my voice. Jesus is describing this relationship that he has with his followers. But I think that this relationship that he's talking about, Jesus with his disciples, Jesus with us, is the same relationship we as shepherds over our family have to have with the sheep that are under us, with our children and those that are in our care. It parallels to our kids. You might feel a love for your father because of the gift that he gives you or the sacrifice that he makes. And you might feel that love. But let me ask you this. Do your kids know you? And do you know your kids? Because there's a difference of loving and knowing. Loving means, hey, uh, I, I want to I show you I love you. I want to buy your love. I want to give you these. Uh, the, Gary Chapman talks about these five love languages and these different ways we communicate love, where it be quality time or, or, or gifts or physical touch, different things that you can do. But do you really and truly know your kids? Because if you want to build that home, if you want to build that family, you have to know them in the same way that Jesus knows his kids. Jesus knows his sheep, and the shepherd knows his sheep. You see, they spent time together. The disciples, they spent three years together. They knew each other, and there was an intimacy. After years of doing life together and doing ministry together, and it wasn't just about the gifts. It wasn't just about the miracles or the benefits that came with it. It went well beyond that in the life that they spent together and the time that they did in ministry and working together. If they're not known, they're easily discouraged and they feel overlooked. The second thing that you have to do is you, your kids have to know you and you have to know your kids. And if they're not known, they will feel discouraged and overlooked. And they will look at you and say, wow, dad just doesn't have time for me. Mom just doesn't have time for me. Abuela doesn't have time for me to even hear what my day was like or my uh, job is, is causing me stress with. And they begin to even feel used for what they have and not who they are. So you've got to love your kids. And you've got to know your kids. In fact, it leads to my third point. Because in John chapter 6, Jesus feeds these 5,000 people and it's an amazing miracle. It's an amazing event that everyone wants to be a part of. He, he uh, like, there's masses following him because of this, because nobody has ever done that before, nor ever will again, and Jesus is like the miracle maker that they're just like trending after, right? Jesus has done this miracle, and then just a few minutes later, Jesus, uh, or a few hours later, Jesus walks on water, and, and that's pretty awesome. Nobody has ever done that, nor will again, like he invites Peter, and Peter does it for a minute, then he sinks, but it's an amazing feat, Jesus is showing them that I'm the miracle maker. I I'm provide bread from heaven and I can walk on water. I'm, I'm over the natural in the supernatural. Jesus is showing them that he's amazing. But now in the very same chapter, just a few verses later, 
representing only a short time later, Jesus is saying to his disciples and those within an earshot, those that want to be a part of the party, those that want to come and, and get more food, those that want to try this whole water walking thing, those that are coming for Jesus because of what he can do, because what he can provide, Jesus all of a sudden like pulls the wind right out of their sails. Because he's saying to them in John chapter 6, he says there, right after those events, he says, you've got to drink my blood, and you've got to eat my flesh. And they're like, wait, what? What did you just say? Like, Jesus, we want the, the miracle Jesus. Jesus, we want the water walking Jesus. Why did you have to throw in this eat my blood, drink my blood, and eat my flesh thing? Jesus, we just want the party and we want the party to never stop. Can you make some more bread and fish? Because we really don't want to eat you. We want nothing to do with that. But Jesus is saying, you love me. And I love you. And I know you and you know me. But here's the challenge, which is the third point. It's more than a party. You've got to be in communion with me. You've got to be in relationship with me. You've got to accept me as the sacrifice for your sins eating my body and drinking my blood, representing the fact that my death, my sacrifice is for you and for your sins and for your life. Here's what it says in John 6, and I'll just read these verses. John 6, verse 60. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? Verse 66. I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead, Elijah. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Jesus said, you don't want to leave too, do you? The teaching that Jesus gave to them, the teaching that, that, that Jesus was telling them, he was saying, this is not going to be easy, but this is what it's going to take. So let me ask you, after I've, I've asked you, are you sure that you're ready for this? Because it's not just about bread and fish. It's not just about walking on water. It's about being with me and making the same kind of sacrifice and being in that kind of relationship with them. You see, when it comes to building a stronger home and a healthier family, you've got to love them, you've got to know them, and you have to challenge them. That's where I've been going with this for the last five minutes. You have to challenge those that you love. And that's probably the hardest one for me. Hebrews chapter 3 says this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We've come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. The, the writer of Hebrews is, is reminding us that, man, we have to be encouraged. We have to be challenged. And we can't fall away. But every single day, there's that opportunity. Every single day, there's that, that opportunity to, to uh, just fall into some kind of a temptation. Or just to kind of backslide in our life or in our walk. And the writers of the Bible and Jesus himself is saying... What are you going to do? What are you going to choose? And in the same way, to build a strong home and to build a strong family, you've got to challenge your kids. Because if you don't challenge them, they won't grow. They've got to be known, they've got to be loved, and they've got to be challenged. 
You can't do two out of three because it creates this unhealthy balance in the relationship. And when someone is known and challenged but not loved, they take on this fear-motivated spirit. Like, it's easy to be, be known. It's easy to be challenged. But if they're not loved, then they take on this fear-motivated spirit. They're always seeking approval. They try to gain that approval by trying to earn someone's respect through the things that they do or the tasks that they, they accomplish or the, the possessions that they have. They don't care about the person. They just care about the approval. You can't just have two. You have to have all three. When someone is loved and challenged, but they're not known, they take on a discouraged spirit. They begin to feel used for what they have and not who they are. They, they, that can happen in our own family. That can happen in our church. It happens sometimes, even amongst our, our Renew crew and some of the leadership in our church, and I have to guard against that. When they're loved, and when they're challenged, because let me promise you, church planting is a challenge, but they're not known, and they just feel like they're being used. Man, it is an unhealthy and a discouraging thing for them. My goal, though, is, is that relationships develop out of this hard work. My goal is that relationships develop out of the, the time that we spend together in small groups and, and the ministry that we can do together because we are stronger together. And we have to, to constantly know one another and know where each other are and not just look for the ways in which, hey, you can help me if I help you. And when someone is known and loved but they're not challenged, this is the final one, they take on an offensive spirit. Like the people that were just following Jesus for food and miracles, they didn't want to grow. They didn't want that. They just wanted the bread. They just wanted the fish. They just wanted the, to, to experience the water walking events. And Jesus said, no, you've got to eat my flesh. You've got to drink my blood. You've got to be in communion with me. He said, this is a hard teaching. They said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And he's saying, right. But are you willing? Or do you want to leave too? Misty and I, kind of deal with some of that this, this last week. And even in recent weeks, Misty's not here. She went home. She was sick this morning. Um, but she helped us kind of get it started, get the setup going this morning. I'm so thankful for my wife. My wife and I, we've been married almost 20 years, 20 years in February. Akeem, if you're back there, if you'll come up front. Um, hi, thank you. Thank you for that. I, wasn't ex- I thought you were clapping for Akeem, which is good too. Misty and I have been married for... Um, almost 20 years, and, and in this church planning season that we're in, she was known. She was challenged. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a huge challenge every six days. She was, she was known because it's like, honey, I know what you do. I know your capacity. I know your capability. I know what you need to do. But you know what she was missing is she was missing love from her husband. She wasn't feeling that love. She was feeling that, we, that I was putting the church in front of her that I didn't listen to her. She felt that I didn't value her. And honestly, as we kind of talked, I had to be, a, be real with her and say, you're, you know what, you're right. You're right. I, I haven't been showing you love. I, I love my wife with everything I am and everything I have. I'm so grateful for my wife, but I haven't been showing her love. I've just been going so hard and so fast that it's just like, uh, Misty, we've got a challenge in front of us, and you're with me. Let's go. Push, 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 push. And I know you, and I know you can do this. But she was feeling overlooked. 
and not counted and our feelings didn't matter. So this last week we prayed together. And I mean prayed together, like literally, which is sometimes something that we say and we never do. But we literally prayed, stopped in, in, in the night with, when our girls were already in bed and we, we prayed and I, I showed my love to my wife and just reminded her how much I care about her for who she is, not because of what she does or because of the work that she can get accomplished. And we've intentionally spent time together so that it wasn't just about the challenge, so that it wasn't just about the things that she could offer or that, that she could do or that I knew she had to do. But we've had to take that time. And so I'm preaching to myself today, I'm writing this message, thinking about my own life and thinking about the, the way in which that I struggle. And even as pastor of this church and leader of the Renew crew, that's a challenge that I deal with with you. Like, I, I know how to love you. Um, I try to know you and, and stuff like that. But sometimes I'm, I'm, I back down when it comes to challenge. With those that you're closest to, you can ask my daughters, especially Emily and, and, and my wife, Misty. Like, I'll challenge them. But when it comes to, to, to my friends and this team that make this happen every week, I just kind of back off. I just kind of like, I, 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 I'm afraid a little bit to, to challenge you. Like, just come for the fun. Experience the, 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 the party. Let's watch some miracles happen. But Jesus didn't just talk about miracles and fun, food and fellowship. Jesus said, hey, be in communion. Be in relationship. I challenge you to do these things. Step up. And I guess for me, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle that I, I have that I'm like, I, I have a fear of rejection, right? I have a fear that if I, if I ask you too much, you're just going to quit because it's happened. But even in talking to some mentors of mine, it's, it's been them telling me, hey, Trevor, that's what the pastor does. That's what the leader does. And this is what Jesus did for those that wanted to be with him. They had to be challenged. They had to be pushed. They had to be driven. And, and the word says that some turn their back. As parents, as role models in your community, whether it be as a teacher, a neighbor, employer to an employee, whatever it is, to, to build that relationship or to build a family or to build a home, you've got to know them, you've got to love them, and you've got to challenge them. I don't know for you which one it is. Like I said, in my home life, with my family, it's the love thing. Believe it or not. In, in, in ministry, it's the challenge thing. I don't know what it is for you. But you've got to do these things. Here's some practical ways to love. Say, I love you. Growing up, my dad never said, I love you. So we even struggle even now. It's like kind of like this thing. It's like, okay, I love you. And like hang up as quickly as I can because it's this weird feeling because for 20 plus years, I never said I love you. So if, if, if that's an issue, start saying it. If you have young children, start saying it. Say it all the time. Remind them how much you love them. Affirm them. To show love, you've got to affirm them. Give them a hug. Show them physical touch. Remind them that 
you're, you're with them and you believe in them and you're so proud of them, even with your physical hand around their neck or kiss on their forehead. Speak blessings over them. Declare blessings over them. You know, the, the Bible says that the word is, it, it, uh, your, the, the power is in your tongue and it's so powerful. James talks about like it can, it can set a forest on fire with just a little spark, and we know that. But it can also do great things. When you tell your kids, hey, I believe in you. When you tell your kids, I'm for you, I'm with you. Hey, you can do that. No matter what it is that you're struggling with, I believe in you. Man, you're showing them that you love them. We've got to love our kids that way, declaring blessing over them and showing it as much as saying it with our life and giving them opportunity to grow and, and, and even make mistakes sometimes to, 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 to rise up to fall but just being there when they do fall my heart was broken the other day when I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like man I was working with my, my son and uh, I love my son but we don't work well together because he continued to make mistakes, mistakes on the job and he I just kept on calling him an idiot. And as soon as he just said that, I was like, oh, Lord, please tell me you didn't call him an idiot. He's like, Trevor, I called him an idiot over and over. Over the course of several days, I just, before I fired him, I just said, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I'm like, that's your, not just an employee, that's your son. If my good friend did that, like, I don't know how many of you are doing that, but if you're doing that, stop. If you're telling them they don't measure up, stop. If you're anything like that, stop. Show love to your family. Know them. Spend time doing what they like to do. Second thing is know them. Spend time doing what they like. Looking over them rather than overlooking them. In other words, looking over their life and saying, wow, look at that amazing painting you did. Look at that amazing job you did in school, or I'm so proud of how, how you're doing on the sports team, or, or uh, just, just the way that you take care of your little sister. I am so proud of you. Take time to look over them instead of overlooking them, which is what we often do when we're just so busy in our own life, in our own minds. Remind your kids that you know them, that you love them, but then challenge them. If you want to build a strong home and a healthy family, don't let them stay where they are, where they are. Like a great coach or teacher, and I mean a great one, not the one that just starts cursing like crazy at their kid or their or their player, but like a great coach and an amazing teacher or professor, challenge them to be the very best that they can be. See their potential and help them to see it in themselves. Hold the mirror and show them and say, look at what you are and look at what you can do and look at where you're going. Challenge them to not stay where they're at. Sometimes it's easier just to do our own thing. Sometimes it's easier not to bother them, to leave them to their thing and just be like, oh, well, 12 hours on video games. It's cool. It's fine. Whatever. No. No. Like, that's not okay. Yeah, they're going to give you a fit. They're going to they're going to they're going to cause you stress and you don't have time for it or capacity for it, but you're going to have to do it because you're their chi- their parent. They're your child. So challenge them. Show them that they can do it. 
themselves. This morning we're going to uh, close in, in prayer with a, uh, we're going to sing a song and then we're going to close in prayer. Um, musicians, make sure you're on your way up. And uh, man, if you need prayer for anything at all, maybe it's for this, maybe it's because you've struggled with it as I did this week. I'm going to invite uh, Lori to come up and be on this side. I'm not sure if Sarah or Alicia are here or any of my other prayer ministry team, but I'm going to be over here with whoever comes over this way. If there's anything we can pray with you about during this song, man, if, if you want to build a stronger family, it starts with that foundation and saying, God, I need you. I need your help. So let's do that even now. Would you stand together with me? God in heaven, as uh, we, we prepare our hearts to worship you, God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray that you would help us to, to love our kids, those that you put under our care, to, to know them, and to know every detail of their life and make sure that they know that we know them and, and then to even challenge them. And God, when we're weak or when we're tired or when we're scared or afraid of rejection, I pray that you would give us the courage to do it. Help me to have the courage, even with my renewed crew, to be able to challenge them to what God is calling them to do. Some may leave, some may disappear, but God, I trust you that this is the role that you've put me in for such a time as this. And I love you, oh God, I thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If I can pray with you, just uh, or Lori can pray with you, just come forward while we sing this song.
You know, you can, you can build your house without permits. I could have did that house and, and probably in a weekend on a, on a Friday night, like got the, the trucks in and blocked it up, you know, raised the floor, blocked it up, got an electrician, did one of them overnight quick things. You know what I'm saying? But probably on Monday morning, as I told you, they're running down the street looking for violations. They get paid on that stuff. They're going to make money on that stuff. And I would have had the house. It would have been built. It would have been completed. But then I would have had problems later on. You can build your family without those three components. You don't have to love them like that. You don't have to know them like that. You don't need to challenge them. Let them be the way they are. But you will have challenges. You you will have problems. You will face it if you don't fix it, if you don't do it right. It's your call. It's your choice. Love your family. If you want to build a strong home, know your family. If you want to build a strong home, challenge your family, even when it's hard, even when all they want is the party, even when all they want is the fun. Dad, we want to be friends. Just be my friend, Dad. Sometimes it's important that you are their friend but you're also their dad that you speak truth into them even when it's hard and even when it's hurt it's going to be worth it you're going to have a beautiful home it's going to be a strong home it's going to have resale value praise god we fixed that house sold it and was able to move the candle and put some money away so that we can plant a church on a church planting salary god's faithful in that same thing in your life and in everything you do if this morning you would say pastor I need to, and it could be one of any of the three or all three, but I want to love my family, know my family. I want to challenge my family. Just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to do any or all of those better. Just lift your hand wherever you're at. If that's you this morning, if that's you this morning. Okay. God in heaven, we come before you. You know where we're at. You know the struggles. It's not easy in 2019 to raise a family even to be an example or a role model to kids, even in the job or in, in, uh, in school or whatever the case, the neighborhood. God, I pray that you would just help us to take this to heart, to love and to know and to challenge in such a way that it will impact for generations to come. We thank you, oh God, for these things, for all that you do and all that you're going to do. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. If there's anything else, the, the, the Mike's going to come back up. He's going to do the close. But if you need prayer for anything else, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, whatever the case, I want you to make sure you come and talk to me before you leave today. We're also doing starting point this morning, immediately following the, the service in the art classroom. We'll have lunch provided there, and I'd love to share with you more of our vision and our heart for Renew Church. All right, Mikey, come on up. Man, make some noise if that message blessed you this morning. Amen. Amen. And like Pastor just mentioned, um, if you haven't been to Starting Point, I encourage you to do it. Um, it's a great time. You get to hear more about um, the vision and the mission for this church. And we'd love for you to be a part of that. So that's a great opportunity to get plugged into that. Um, we also have a bounce house outside for the kids. We have ice cream. So please make sure you guys go ahead and enjoy that as well. Also, if you're interested in signing up with a small group, fill it out and, and come find me somewhere after service. I'll be out there in the courtyard. Um, and this is the time of our service where we worship God through the giving of tithes and offerings. So let's pray over that now.
God, we thank you for another Sunday, Lord, another opportunity to just come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, and, and worship your holy name, God. We thank you, Jesus, Lord. God, I pray that you bless this offering this morning, Lord, and that it be used, Father, to just do great things for your kingdom, Father. I pray that you bless the families here represented, Lord, for their sacrifice, God, and for their worship, Father God. We, we're trusting, Lord, that you're going to do and continue to do amazing things through this ministry, Father, and through these families. It's in Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much. You are now dismissed. Have a great Sunday.
Oh, 